from an email perspective. It is a very simple email that they send. And again, I think with product-based businesses, sometimes we can get too caught up in telling everyone everything rather than looking at your email. And this really comes down to like, what is the objective of your email? But if your objective is to sell products, then don't always be spending a huge amount of time in the actual email, you know, itself. You maybe are using that email as a bridge between somebody's inbox and getting them onto your site to buy. Do you love your business? You should, right? Well, sometimes we just don't. It's my hope that this, the My Daily Business Coach podcast, helps you regain a little of that lost love by providing tips and tactics, tools, insights, inspiration, all the good stuff to help you actually enjoy running your business. In addition to actionable tips and tactics that you'll be able to execute immediately, you'll also hear from creative small business owners around the world who've been able to sidestep the hustle and build a business that merges their passion with their purpose and provides a profit. I'm your host, Fiona Kalaki, founder of My Daily Business Coach. Let's get going. Hello, and welcome to episode 236 of the My Daily Business Coach podcast. So you are listening to a coaching episode, and if you are new around here, welcome, welcome, welcome. We have three types of episodes on this podcast. They come out every single week, twice a week. Every Tuesday, Australian time, you will hear a quick tip episode. Those are really like 10-minute episodes about a tip, tool, or tactic that you can implement immediately. And then every Thursday, we alternate between a longer episode, which is either an interview with a small business owner or a coaching episode with me, where we dive deep into kind of one area of business. All of the show notes for these episodes are available at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash podcast. And we also have a Sunday email that goes out. And sometimes it's about the podcast, sometimes it's not, but it's always good information. So if you are interested in kind of learning and upskilling about your business, make sure you're on that as well. You can find out how to subscribe just at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash subscribe. So today it is a coaching episode. And this is really where we're going to dive into something that I think people get really caught up on and kind of frozen on when it comes to marketing. It is a marketing channel that I think is still the best marketing channel. And yet it is something that I think people worry about not doing correctly. I've got that in, you know, quotes because I don't think that there is a perfect way to do it. But today I'm going to give you tips on things that I think you could consider if you are going down this path. And I think that every single person that runs a business should have this as one of their key marketing channels. But before I get into that, I wanted to remind you of Marketing for Your Small Business. We have an online course. It's available anytime you want that goes through everything that I've learned about marketing in the last 20 plus years. But twice a year, we offer a nine-week live coaching component. And that is really to help you not only, you know, buy the course and get through it, but actually finish it and come up with your own strategic marketing plan that you then share live with myself and the other people on those group calls. So we have a coaching component. We do a module. You do the module of the course in your own time. And then you come every single week to the live coaching session on that module. So you do module one, come to the next, you know, live coaching session, do module two and so on. 
And so we have eight modules in the course and we have nine weeks of coaching. And the reason for that is that the last week is where you will share, if you so wish, your marketing plan with the rest of the team. So it's really good. It makes you actually go through, you know, week by week, each module, ask me any questions that you've got. So you've got, you know, complete access to me for nine weeks and then create your marketing plan and share that with not only myself, but everybody else on the call. And it's really good because you get feedback in real time. And then after that call, for those people that have shared, I will send you through a separate email full of notes and ideas that I think you should consider based on the marketing strategy and plan that you have presented. So if you are interested in that, you can find it at Marketing for Your Small Business. It will close soon because we are starting this on the 20th of September. It is run in Australian time, 1 till 2 p.m. Melbourne time every Tuesday for nine weeks. So I know that that time does work with a lot of people all over the world. We often have people from overseas, not just in Australia. We'll have people from New Zealand, Hong Kong, Singapore, London, Arizona, the US, other parts of the US and Canada. So again, you can find all the information just at marketing for your small business, or you could also find it at mydailybusinesscoach.com. All right. The other thing I want to mention is, of course, I want to pay my respects to the traditional owners and custodians on the beautiful land on which I live and record this podcast. And that is the Warong and Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. And I also pay my respects to any other Indigenous people who might be joining in and listening us to us today. All right. Let's get into today's coaching episode. emails. How do you feel about them? Now, I know there'll be people that will be instantly switched off and thinking, oh no, emails, you know, we already do them, or I tried that, it didn't work, or I don't personally like receiving emails, so therefore I don't do it in my business. And some of those things may well be true. Maybe you don't like receiving emails, but One of the things that I know to be true, and I have worked in marketing for 22 years, I have seen marketing before social media and after social media. I mean, social media is here, but you know, let's see if it stays for the next 20 years. Email has consistently, consistently outranked every other social media platform in terms of return on investment. Email for every single client that I've worked with has done more in terms of building their brand awareness. It has done more in terms of getting their sales, nurturing people, making their audience feel like they're part of something than pretty much any other channel that they have used. Now, I know that there may be occasionally the very odd type of business where this isn't going to be their number one channel, but for most businesses, including service-based and including product-based, email is a huge part of their marketing channel. And it's something that unfortunately people don't switch on enough. I think quite often I'll work with people and they'll say, oh yeah, we've got this email list. I'm like, how often do you talk to them? Never. We never talk to them. And I'm not talking about a small email list either. I've had clients who've come to me with, you know, 9,000, 12,000 people on an email. And I'll think, oh my gosh. And yet you're spending hours and hours and hours crafting the perfect Instagram reel that may not lead to a single sale or even a single lead from Instagram to your website or your e-commerce store or wherever you're trying to direct people. And yet you have 12,000 people who have given you permission to market to them and you're not doing that. So today I wanted to talk about 
emails, but specifically give you examples of four emails from different brands that I think are doing it really well and the reason that I think that they're doing it well. And this is not sponsored by any of those brands. None of them know that I'm doing this, but I wanted to point it out because I think so often we can get stuck on I don't know what to write, or I don't know how to craft an email that's going to be of interest to people. And so I wanted to pull out four very different brands doing email in different ways, but in ways that I think is easily digestible. It's interesting. They are emails that I have signed up to and I get a lot of emails. And I have actually talked previously about if you want to sign up to emails, but you don't want them kind of coming into your inbox and interrupting you to create another email address. So I have a separate Gmail account where I will sign up to these emails. Actually, no, two of them come into my inbox as well, my personal like business inbox. But most of the time when I sign up to anything, I will use another Gmail account so that I'm not getting a huge amount of emails. However, it also allows me to sign into that account and go through things and read them and digest them at a time that suits me. So if you are someone who's listening thinking, okay, I'd like to sign up to these emails that she's about to talk about, but I also you know, don't like having them in my business inbox, for example, then create another alias account or create another account and put them in there. But the four emails, are the email examples that I'm going to go through are quite different. We've got service-based, we've got product-based, we've got kind of authority building and yeah, it's an, a kind of a mix of both. And I think that each of them represents a way that you could do email that is interesting for you to create, but also interesting for your audience. And that's obviously what it is all about. So in no particular order, I want to talk about four emails and why I think they work. Now, there are many, many other people who send emails that are awesome, but we don't have time to go through 50 of those. So if you're a client and you send emails or maybe you're somebody else that I know, please don't take offense that I have not included you in today's roundup. All right, so let's get stuck into it. The first one, and this might be one that many, many people who listen to this podcast may also be on this person's email, and that is Seth Godin. Seth Godin, for a lot of people, is sort of seen as the marketing guru, one of the kind of big names in marketing. He's from the US. He has written many, many books, including This Is Marketing, which I think is his latest book. Probably came out, I want to say, three years ago. I should probably check that. We'll link to that in the show notes. But Seth Godin has a blog and from that he sends an email and what he does is send it every single day. Now, sometimes his emails are literally a couple of lines. Sometimes they are quite long, but each time they are sent, they have something in them to make you think, whether it is, you know, around marketing, whether it is around like what's happening in politics right now, whether it is just around something, you know, could be applied to your personal life. They've always got something of interest. Now, the reason that I think that these work is one, they are just, you know, personal. They are from him. They come across like, you know, a little bit of Seth's mind in your inbox every single day. Two, they're not super branded. There's not, there's never kind of graphics in them. They're just written as text as you would get from a normal email from a friend. Three, they are sent every single day. So there is no need for him to change the subject line. He's not trying to necessarily 
he's talking to people that understand him, that understand his brand, that are signed up to get daily information from him. So there isn't necessarily this huge need to change the open rate. The open rate, I would imagine, for him would stay consistent, maybe a little bit higher when he is doing promotional material like, you know, promoting his book or maybe he's doing something big, I don't know, talking to Oprah or something else. And so there might be a spike in email signups, which would then correlate sometimes to the open rate. But most of the time, I would imagine it's people that have been on that list for quite some time, have gotten used to their daily injection of Seth. And so they open them. Now, I don't open every single email. I don't look at my email on some days of the week, but I pretty much do open most of them. And the reason that I open them is they're so quick. They're so easy to digest. And I often find that there's some hint of truth or not hint of truth. There are truths in there, but it's often a way of reframing maybe something that you are also thinking about. He very much writes to the zeitgeist, but it's also quite, I don't want to use the word vague, but kind of broad in that say he might be talking about politics in the US, but you wouldn't necessarily, he doesn't specifically point that out, but he might be talking about you know, right and wrong or community versus the individual or something else like that. It's also really relevant to business as it is to life. But I think the reason that it works from, you know, that's the reasons that I think works from my perspective as the person receiving it. But from his perspective, I don't know how he does it every day, but I also think the more you do something, the easier that it becomes. And so maybe he batch creates them. I'm not sure. Maybe he takes snippets from his various books and other things that he's put together, or maybe he actually does write them every single day. And maybe that's a practice that he's got into. And I know a lot of authors out there do that. I remember reading about Roald Dahl and him, and he had, I think he had like a, like a workshop or a a space at the back of his house. And he would go in and every single day he would go in, whether he was going to write or not, but he kept that routine up so that it, it wasn't always this, oh, I have to go and I haven't done it for weeks and I have to get back on the treadmill type of thing. It was, I'm doing this every single week or every single day. And so it becomes easier. And I would imagine for Seth, if he is, you know, sitting down and writing these, or maybe writing it on his phone or maybe just talking voice to text on a notes app, that it becomes easier the more he does it. And so from his perspective, it's short, it's sharp. It doesn't have to be about any particular topic. And he's got a great audience. He's built up an audience and he's talking to them and he's staying front of mind regularly because it's every single day in your inbox. So that is one example of that. And if you're interested in signing up to that, you can do that over at Seths.blog, and that is S-E-T-H-S dot blog. And of course, we'll link to that in the show notes. And as I said, it is literally his blog sent as an email. And looking through them now, some of them are actually quite long, but most of them I would say are about, I mean, it really depends. They could be as little as, you know, two or three sentences right through to maybe three paragraphs, but they're nothing nothing major. It's not like you have to sit down and really invest your time in in reading them. So definitely we'll link to that in the show notes, but again, it's just seths.blog. And I have to also say from a personal perspective, Seth Godin is lovely. I have actually written, I've been on his email for years and years, and I've actually replied to his email multiple times and he's always written back. And even so far as accepting a copy of my book, which he then sent me the loveliest email about it, And so, you know, these are real people. And I think that's another thing. It humanizes this big guy, you know, this guy who everyone knows and has got all these books and he's big, 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 and it makes it really human. Email is still a very intimate channel that we don't 
necessarily think like that. Just like podcasting is a very intimate channel. I was doing a consult call with somebody today and they said, oh my goodness, it's so weird to talk to you on the phone because I feel like I know you because I listen to your voice twice a week, every week. And I've been listening for, you know, the whole time that you've had this podcast. And I thought, yeah, because it is quite intimate, a podcast. And email can also be intimate. I know my own email that I send out every Sunday is very personal. It's probably the most personal the, the way that I talk in that is probably the most personal out of all my marketing channels. So definitely that is one example of being consistent, giving people something to think about and staying front of mind. So Seth Godin's, again, seths.blog. The second email that I wanted to talk about, and again, these are in no particular order and nobody is giving me money <laughs> to talk about their email, but one that I have mentioned many times to people lately is Girls That Invest. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you would have heard my recent interview with the founder, Simran Kaur, of Girls That Invest. She runs that along with her bestie, Sonia Gupthan, and they are doing incredible things. And if you haven't already read the book, go out and get it. But Girls That Invest created a weekly email that comes through every single week. I think it's only been going for a few months and I am on that. And as somebody who is learning more about stock markets and shares and investing, I find it really, really helpful. It is similar in a way, very dissimilar in lots of ways, but in in kind of a, a similar vein of that is the Barefoot Investor email that also comes out and is very human. And again, so Sonia and Simran, who run Girls and Invest, they have humanized their email really well. So the first thing that they do in their email is there's a photo of the two of them. It's the same photo every time. And just under that photo, they have a founder's message. And it's a really, you know, personal message about kind of what they're up to, maybe what's happening in the world of stock markets and shares. But it's always just this little snippet. And the way that it's presented is, you know, it's quite modern and everything else in the way that it's laid out, which really suits their audience. So, you know, they call themselves your fave millennial investors. And that's really who they're talking to. A lot of millennials that are looking to invest and understand more about the stock market. And so underneath that, then they have stock market tea. And they really talk about, you know, it's only a few lines really talking about like what's happening in the stock market. And that might be something like, you know, the S&P 500 lost 1.2% or the Dow Jones is doing X, Y, Z. Then they've got this fear and greed index, which is awesome. I look at it every single time it comes out and it's really showing, you know, what is happening in the world, like what's driving the market. And then they have different sections underneath that. The reason that I think this works really well is one, it's super informative, but done in bite-sized format so that you can digest it easily. And especially with this particular audience and what they want from, you know, Sonia and Sim is they want to understand like, what's the important stuff? What do I need to get to? In the interview that I did with Simran, which is just a couple of episodes ago, came out on the 1st of September, she talked about, you know, we do all the research. So Sonia and Sim do a huge amount of research. They look at, as she talked about, you know, all the boring paperwork and all the, you know, documents so that we can bring you the most important information that you need to know if you are trying to learn more about this. And that's exactly what they present in this, you know, weekly stock market tea. The other thing that works really well outside of, you know, the information is the personalized 
note of this. So they they often talk about, you know, what they've talked, you know, what's in the podcast this week, but they have things like Sonia's weekly self-care tip or Sim's weekly productivity tip. And sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're serious, but all of the times they're informative and they'll give you something to think about, even whether you're like, yeah, I'm going to start doing that too. Again, they're humanizing it. They've got the photo of themselves and then they've got, yes, this information from what's happening in the world in stock markets and trades and investment, but then they round it all out by having, again, personalized information from what is each of them doing this week. And I love it. It's from the audience perspective. I've talked about, you know, why I love it from their perspective. And again, I don't work in these, any of these companies, so I don't know how they pull these together, but I would imagine that having it sectioned out makes it easier to kind of fill in like, okay, Sonia, what's your self-care tip? And, you know, they could even create these in batches and then just update what's actually happening in the stock market as it goes, you know, as the email goes out. And then again, similar to Seth with the the subject line is just weekly stock market tea. And it's the sender is girls that invest. So if you're thinking about, you know, the way that an inbox looks, you see girls that invest, you see that, oh, it's the weekly stock market tea. Let me see what they're saying this week. Let me see what I need to learn. And you're also training people to get used to seeing you every single week, but you're not having to come up with a new subject line. You know, you're, you're dependent like Seth on the brand awareness being there that people want to hear from you and, and it going to open that because they know that there's valuable information inside. So that is the second one, the Girls Invest Weekly Stock Market Tea, and we will link to that in the show notes. You can find out how to subscribe if you want to jump to it right away. You can just go to their website, girlsthatinvest.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom and they've got the newsletter and you can just sign up there. So that is the second one, Girls That Invest, their weekly stock market tea. The third email, again, in no particular order, not being sponsored by anyone of these brands, is Everlane. So Everlane is a US clothing and accessories brand. And I often buy clothing from there. I haven't actually bought anything in a while. I'm trying to like curb my spending and put it into shares instead. But when I have bought from them, you know, it's always good quality. Uh, I really respect that they have a very transparent overview of, you know, how much each of their items costs to get made, where it's made. I loved that when they went into denim years ago, they actually shut down their whole website and they just had a sign up saying, you know what, we don't want to stress our employees. And so we're not going to have the website happening right now. We're trying to launch a completely new category and we need all hands on deck for that. They have come under fire for, you know, some reasons out there, which I'm not going to get into on a podcast, but from an email perspective, it is a very simple email that they send. And again, I think with product-based businesses, sometimes we can get too caught up in telling everyone everything rather than looking at your email. And this really comes down to like, what is the objective of your email? But if your objective is to sell products, then don't always be spending a huge amount of time in the actual email, you know, itself. You maybe are using that email as a bridge between somebody's inbox and getting them onto your site to buy. And I think Everlane does that really well. They have beautifully clean and crisp graphics in terms of their photo, in terms of their text. And what they often do in their emails is to call out, you know, this is an email about jeans, for example. And so they'll be like, here are jeans. We have four styles in three colors. It's very simple what they're sending out. 
They're not trying to say this is the trend of the season and you need to get into it or this is going to fit you like this or that. One of the things that really drew me to Everlane in the first place was their, you know, sustainability factor, but also the they were one of the first to really show what something looks like in various sizes and not just kind of, you know, waist sizes, but height people of all sorts of backgrounds and nationalities and and cultures and showing this is what it looks like in this size. This is what it looks like if you are, you know, tall or shorter or bigger or smaller or whatever it is. And so they're very clean and simple in everything that they put out, including their emails. The other thing that they'll put in their emails outside of this is what you're getting an email about is where's the sustainability factor in there. So for example, They had an email come out recently about their tracksuit pants. And at the bottom, you know, they've written, our track collection is certified organic by the Global Organic Textile Standards. This certification takes over a year to account for every step of production from the processing of certified organic fibre into yarn to the dye house, the mills, the factories and the printers. In other emails that I've seen where they've sent out, you know, information about whatever collection it is, they will also have another piece of text that is just talking about the sustainability or the production, you know, the supply chain. And that's something that is super important. That is one of their key messages that they come out with as a brand. And so in their emails, it's almost like they've looked at them and gone, do we have clean graphics and beautiful images that show this in a variety of ways, whatever they're selling? Yes. Do we have some information clearly says what this product is and how it's available? Yep. And then they'll have, do we, it's almost like they have a checklist. Again, I don't work there, but I imagine that when they write their emails, it is simple on their end because they're like, do we have this ticket? Do we have this? You know, do we have nice images? Great. Are we telling people what this is and how to wear it? Great. In a really simple, like one sentence. And then the last one is how are we showing sustainability here? How are we reiterating to people again and again and again, that no matter what they buy from us, we are trying to do this in an ethical way. And They may not be the most ethical company that's out there, but I'm just talking about examples of emails here. So they've got almost like a checklist. And so when you have that, it becomes so much easier to template things and to then batch create and to not think of like, oh my God, we have to write 52 emails because we're coming out weekly, but to think we get to write 52 emails. What are the key messages that we want to get across and how can we simplify this so that from the back end, you know, internally for the graphic designers, for the people pulling these emails together, that there's a simple process to follow. So often with emails, I think what stops people from being consistent with sending them is that there isn't a process to follow. There's not a simple way of doing things. So people think that every single email, particularly with product-based businesses, has to start from scratch. Now, way back in the day, I used to work at Mimco. I was head of marketing there. And when I first joined that company, I was actually looking after their content team and I was brand content manager. And one of the things was to look at our emails. And so I remember one Sunday, I was really invested and I just sat down and I thought, okay, how many emails do we send? Okay. We send, and at the time I think they were sending an email every Thursday and another one, you know, sometime during the week. So twice a week, an email was a huge channel for that brand. I'm sure it still is any major e-commerce brand, a huge part of their money is coming through emails. And so we looked at, and this is sort of blast emails. This is not status emails or abandoned card or other stuff, but I looked at okay, what does our year look like? What are the types of emails that we're going to send? And then I mocked up every single email and I put in, if we had campaign images, I put them in. And these were very basic. They were not even using Canva. It was like squares on a page and what we're going to talk about. And I remember mocking them up and putting them up. I got in early the next day and I 
I had printed them all out and I put at least six months worth of emails. So 26 emails up or maybe more than that must have been 52 because we were doing them twice a week. And I put them up in this sort of showroom that we had. And I remember going through them with the MD and being like, okay, we'll change this and we'll change this and we'll do this. But then we had it. We had a template to follow for the next six months. And the reason I'm saying that is not to be like, oh, look at me, especially working on a Sunday. Don't do that if you don't have to. But it was to say that you start planning this stuff out. And when you give yourself some sort of parameters, then it becomes so much easier. And whether you're Everlane being like, we're going to be super simple and clean, and we're going to have one message about what the product is, one message on how to wear it, and one message about sustainability. It becomes so much easier to plan out your content and then create campaign images and create you know, content that fits around that because those are the messages that they have determined their audience wants to see. And as somebody in their audience, I think they're really clear and really clever with just keeping it simple and getting me as quickly as possible from my inbox to their website to buy. The way that they do that is through beautiful graphics, but also really, really simple messaging. So again, for example, in that tracksuit email, the subject line was, when you're tired of your pants, put these on. And then they had tried and true basics, like an elevated sweatpant with a put together polish. Four colors, $68. And that was it. They just make it really, really simple. And they, you know, they could go off into here's five different ways to wear sweaters and here's this and here's that and here's the latest trend, but they don't. They're like, we make simple, clean, very basic sort of clothing. We make it in good quality and we try and make it sustainably. And that is what our audience cares about. So let's keep reiterating that message in every email that we send out. So again, another great example of simple emails done well is Everlane. So if you want to sign up to that or go and check out their stuff, it's just at everlane, E-V-E-R-L-A-N-E dot com. All right. The last email example that I wanted to talk about today for anyone who's listening, who might want to start sending more emails or maybe refresh their emails or maybe create a system that is actually sustainable for, you know, sending out these emails is Silog. And I don't know if that's how you say it. You may actually say it quite differently. And that is from Tess McCabe, who is a creative here in Melbourne, a publisher, a graphic designer, marketing expert, you know, so many things. And Tess McCabe is just a lovely person all around and sends this email. And she's been sending this since 2014. So for a long time, things that I love about this email, again, it's quite simple in terms of, in a good way, in terms of there are sections. It is always super informative. There is every single time that I get it, there is something that I haven't heard of. And, you know, that's really interesting considering that Tess and I are in a similar situation here in Melbourne. We both, we do similar jobs. We probably read similar stuff and listen to similar podcasts. And I think that Tess is just one of those very curious creative minds. So she's always looking at, you know, books to read or platforms or apps or things that are really interesting to a lot of creatives, whether you have a creative small business or you are creative working in an employed role. And so this Scilog email, it doesn't come out every single week. It sometimes is a bit sporadic when it comes out. And I think that's also what's awesome about it. When it comes, you know that it's going to be good. You know that it's worth your time reading. Again, there is a bit of information at the top around kind of what Tess has been up to, humanizing the business again. Then you've got different sections. And so sometimes there is the reading, listening, learning, and it might be a newsletter that she's recommending. It might be a particular episode of a podcast. It could be 
you know, a platform or a a publication that she is looking at. Again, it could be a particular article or it could be the whole publication. Then she'll have different other sections. So it might be books that she's loving. And I have to say thank you. She has called out my book uh, before as well, Passion, Purpose, Profit, and also called out this podcast, I think. But she might have things like, you know, her most visited links in the last year. And it's always bite-sized information that you can get. It could be anything from kind of a Chrome extension through to a podcast episode, through to, you know, an article that she's come back to multiple times. But there are always emails that I either read on the day and then look at all these, you know, great things that she's sent, or I will bookmark to read later on. And again, from say a audience perspective, it's human, it's given me quality information, and it's linking Tess with and, and the businesses that she runs with all this great information. So I'm always saying to people, like when you're curating information, whether it's on social media, whether it's through an email, whether it's on a podcast, you want people to, you want to firstly think of your audience as real people. They don't want to know about your green handbag 500 times. They want to know about other things that might be going on in your life, or maybe what's the best book to put in that green handbag, or what is, you know, something else that is making it a human experience and a connection between two people. Because really it's the person that's sending it and it's the person who's receiving it. And there is a connection that needs to be made. And quite often when we can form a synapse in our brain between, say, for instance, Tess's great email and me discovering this new platform or app, then we keep coming back and we are creating this trust and familiarity with that brand that is sending us this email, in this case, Tess McCabe from Creative Minds. So that is a great example of why it's good from an audience perspective. From Tess's perspective, again, I know Tess, but I I don't work in her business. I'm not sure how she pulls these together. But I would imagine that the fact that she has sections makes it easier to pull these things together than, say, just coming up, you know, every single time with a completely different email template and format. The other thing is she's not saying, okay, every single week, every Tuesday I'm there or whatever it is. So if you are struggling with even creating content, maybe just think about what is the minimum consistency you can start with. So you might decide, I think Tessa's comes out every month, but you might decide that you're going to just start with quarterly. And so you're like, cool, I can do four. I could do four emails a year. And it's like, great, do four and be consistent. And if you decide to do more, awesome, but it's better to do less and be consistent than to do, you know, to say I'm going to be in your inbox every week and not actually be in the inbox every week. So whatever content method you decide to work with for, you know, your emails, keep a frequency that you can actually sustain. So I love that Scilog, when it comes out, you know to look at it. Again, the subject line, which seems to be a recurring theme in today's episode, is that the subject line will change, but the start of it is always the same. And it will say Scilog, again, not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and then the number. So whatever number she's up to. So I think I'm recording this in August and she is currently up to 119. So 119 emails that have gone out, which is awesome because you, when you're like me and you put them into a folder, you can sort of see, oh yeah, I've read that one. I'm going to, you know, mark that, or I'm up to this, or how many more have I got? And the other thing that I love that Tess does, and she's just a huge champion of creatives, is that sometimes she'll run these surveys or ask people for feedback or ask people for input, and then she will publish that input in a future email, which is really good because you're really getting a sense of, you know, maybe it's a particular challenge that you've also faced, and then you're getting in her email ideas from other people who have changed that or have faced that challenge as well and maybe changed things in their life to to accommodate that challenge. 
So yeah, it's another great example of an email, whether you are product or service or both as Tess is. And you can find that at creativemindshq.com forward slash, and I have been pronouncing it this whole time incorrectly. (laughs) It is actually Sillage because she has Sillage rhymes with village is our newsletter. So ignore my ignorance at Silog, which is what I've been calling it. Sorry, Tess. It is Sillage. And you can find that at creativemindshq.com forward slash Sillage, which is S-Y-L-L-O-G-E. Sillage, not Silog. I don't know why I'm saying Silog. It doesn't even have a U after the G, but for me, I always have read it as Silog, but it is Sillage. And again, you can find that from creativesmindshq.com. If you want to find out more about Tess McCabe, you can find it everything at tessmccabe.com.au. And of course, we'll link to that in the show notes. Again, as I mentioned, there are so many other great emails that are out there. I love the emails from Sage and Claire. I love the emails from Radical Yes. I think the emails from Collective Closets are awesome. There are so many different emails and that, that I love and they come in all sorts of formats. And I think that's the other thing. You may listen to these four examples and maybe none of them kind of resonate with you. Maybe all of them do, but it's really about thinking what resonates you know, what is the objective of this? And then what will resonate with my audience? Another great example is Kitia Palaskis, who sends out emails with just the best creative, interesting things in them. And for all sorts of people from, you know, people in brand who are looking for somebody like Kitia Palaskis to create amazing installations or do creative direction through to DIY crafters who are looking for, you know, amazing examples of things that they can create. So that is it for today's coaching episode. I'd love to know, you know, what type of emails you create. What do you love about email? What do you not? Maybe today's episode hopefully is making you more excited about creating emails. When it comes to return on investment, honestly, there is nothing that comes close to emails. And so if it is a channel that maybe you've been steering away from, or maybe you haven't really invested your time and effort into, maybe rethink that. I know with my own email, it comes out every single Sunday. It has done that for years. It is consistently, uh, I would have to say the podcast is overtaking it a little, but for years before I started this podcast, the email was the number one channel in my business for referral of work, for connection. It's still, we get so many replies every single Monday morning or Sunday evening about the email. When I meet people at conferences, they often will say, oh my God, I've been on your email. I love your email. It's really, really helped. And it's just wonderful to hear that. And it's something that, as I said at the start of this, I can often be a bit more personal in my email. And so, yeah, I just, I love the people that are on my email list. I just feel such a connection. There are people all over the world and some of them I've never met, but we've become sort of quite good friends through emails, through them just replying to emails over time. And I've had clients that have also been on email for some time and then they're like, yep, I trust you. I know you. And then they've signed up to things. And it's always lovely to see, you know, people come into group coaching or people come into the marketing for your small business course and coaching program. And I'm like, I know you, I've seen your email many times when you've replied to the Sunday emails that I send out. So if you haven't walked at your email for a while, or maybe it needs a bit of a refresher, definitely 
consider that. I hope today has helped. And also if you want to get into this stuff in more detail and really map out what your marketing is going to look like, what are your objectives with all your different channels and how are you going to create a system to make marketing fun and strategic and really sustainable long-term, then definitely check out our Marketing for Your Small Business course and coaching program. It does kick off later this month on the 20th of September. And that is a nine-week live coaching program where we work through a module of the Marketing for Your Small Business course, which is available anytime. You can do that at your own pace. But yeah, in the nine-week program, we do this together. And at the end of it, you can present your marketing strategy to myself and the other people. So you'll find all the information over at marketingforyoursmallbusiness.com. And if you already have the course, I know a lot of people that listen to this have got the course. Thank you. Look out for an email because you should have already received it and you can just upgrade for a small fee and be part of that. And we have a lot of people that come back we have, you know, shout out to Amory Sargent, who has come back, I think, three or four times and done it. And it's great. You can do a refresher, you know, every six months and really plan out your marketing. And today or this month, really, September is a great chance to work on what is your marketing plan for 2023. If you're in retail, it's not too late to really figure out what is my marketing going to be for the last quarter of the year, which I know can be very, very hectic for people in that industry. So thank you so much for listening. If you found this useful, I would love it so much. If you could hit the subscribe button and leave a review, you can do that on Apple or Spotify. It just really, really helps other people find this podcast and learn this information as well. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the My Daily Business Coach podcast. If you want to get in touch, you can do that at mydailybusinesscoach.com or hit me up on Instagram at mydailybusinesscoach.com.